moving this stuff, I uh, kind of want to say to you that, oh, wow, just found a, a gift. <laughs> this isn't planned, but it looks good. What I was going to say before I, real, before I saw that um, was that uh, um, you really are a great church. And as I think about that, I, I think about a, I spent a, a day with the session yesterday, and we had a wonderful time together. And uh, lots of deep, deep uh, conversations, but also just fellowship. And I'm grateful for you. And as I think of all the volunteers and all the things that God is doing here, as I think about your rich history, I mean, Greg sharing his uh, faith with us and how God reached him here at this place, I give thanks for you. Praise God for you. As we continue this series, Basking in Resurrection Light, we're going to be looking at one of the best known of the disciples. In fact, if I mentioned this person's name, a word would be synonymous with his name. His name uh, is very much linked to how he was put together, the way that he views life. Today, he would probably be a scientist, maybe an engineer, possibly an accountant, all people that we highly value because of their orderly way of processing facts and figures. Of course, I'm talking about the man Thomas. Thomas has become synonymous with what kind of thinking? Doubting, doubting that's right. When we think of Thomas, we think of doubting Thomas. Last Sunday, at the beginning of our Impact Youth Hour, and Greg referenced uh, working with the youth in, in, the, in that Impact Hour, they asked them the question, what do you doubt about Christianity or your faith? How would you answer that question? What do you doubt about Christianity or, or your faith? Here are some of their answers. One person said, sometimes I doubt that God can truly love me. Another said, I doubt about predestination, the proof behind it. Is there any? Another that I'm giving enough. Another, certain aspects about God's character. Another said that he doubted that God would forgive him, forgive me for everything I do. Another said there are many other religions. How do we know that ours is the real and the right one? Another said, I doubt whether God has a plan for me. Another said, I doubt creation, Genesis. Another says, I doubt what happens when we die. Another says, I doubt justice. Another says, I worry most about God caring, taking care of my future. And another yet said, I doubt if God is really with me when I don't feel him all the time. As we consider our own doubts, let's look together just briefly today at Thomas' encounter with the risen Lord after the disciples had been with him, and then Thomas is finally with him in John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. Please follow along with me as I read, whether it's in your Bibles or pew Bibles or on the screen. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Now Thomas, called Didymus, which means twin, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, 
his disciples were in the house together, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you've believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. May God add his blessing, understanding, also his application upon this the reading of God's holy and also inspired word. Please join me in prayer. God, I thank you now for this time when we dig into your word together. And I pray that in a way that's far beyond me, that you would make it come alive. Speak to the people and the preacher alike. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. As we look at verses 24 and 25, we discover that Thomas was not with the other disciples, as I mentioned earlier, when the risen Lord came and stood among them on that first Easter evening. We aren't told why Thomas wasn't there. Some people have conjectured maybe he was out getting groceries for the rest of them. Others said maybe he believed in Jesus so much that he was so brokenhearted that he could not meet the eyes of the others. It was too difficult, and he just needed some time for his grief. Others conjecture possibly Thomas was so loyal, yet somewhat unimaginative, and would only act on something which was certain. The death of Jesus was so overwhelming that he just had to be alone to process and to come to grips with what had taken place. Still another theory is that Thomas was hiding in fear. He'd gone off to brood over the seeming failure of Jesus' ministry, his mission, maybe even turning his back and going to his old days. While we don't know exactly why he wasn't present, we do know that Thomas missed the encounter with the risen Christ when he first met with the other disciples. Their radiant joy must have made him feel more disconnected than ever. Dear friends, in all the seasons of our lives, we need to be connected to the community of faith. And it's not because of the things that we often think of filling the plate and filling the pew. I mean, those things are helpful, but the most important thing is to be a part of the community of faith and experience life with us. The body of Christ present with us in all kinds of celebrations and joy, as well as with us in the most difficult and devastating events that we face here in life. When the community of faith is authentic, they are those who help process our deepest fears. They go through our deepest losses with us. They suffer, they help us as we suffer the consequences of our worst mistakes. They grapple with us when we're doubting. Sometimes those doubts are directed towards others, Sometimes those doubts are self-doubts are directed toward ourselves, and often those are doubts that are directed toward God. Do you feel separated from the community of faith today? 
Are you in a season of grappling with your doubts and think, because I'm doubting, I guess I probably shouldn't be here? Well, Thomas needed tangible evidence of Jesus' resurrection. While the other disciples may have been well-meaning, Thomas felt that he needed much more than they were giving him if he was going to believe. Anything less was wishful thinking on their parts as far as Thomas was concerned. Well, not a popular thing to do, Thomas presents an ultimatum to the disciples. He says, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and put my finger in his side where the spear had been, I will not believe. I mean, it's an ultimatum. This was the very evidence, however, that Jesus had offered the other disciples when he met with them a week earlier. The disciples are neither surprised nor squelched by Thomas's doubting. This was the way Thomas was. They knew him. This is the way he was wired. It was a part of his DNA. They knew him well and had come to appreciate his outlook on life. He always needed tangible evidence. That's who Thomas was. My experience with people like Thomas is they don't always want to be that way. I mean, they don't believe, they can't believe unless all of the dots are connected. Honest doubting, however, I believe, can lead us to a deeper, greater faith. When he was becoming a Jesuit priest, author and well-known speaker John Powell writes about going through a season of serious doubting. Finally, in a wonderful way, God broke through to him. Listen to his reflections on that experience. He says this, I had to experience four months of the hollowing out before the grace of God could repose in its place in the emptiness that had been created by God's absence and my doubts. When I read that doubts eats, when doubts eat away old forms of faith so that new and deeper ones can, come, can be born in us, I believe it. So it was with Thomas. We're told that a week later, Thomas encountered the risen Lord for himself. I picture the encounter happening something like this. A week after Easter, Jesus suddenly appears with his disciples and probably in the same upper room again. He begins with the same words. Did you notice that? Peace be with you. Shalom. When Thomas sees him, I can see Thomas saying, oh no, I did it again. Why is it that every time I blow it? And so I see Thomas kind of finding his way over to the corner, someplace hoping that Jesus will not see him because he's feeling embarrassed. He's feeling ashamed for his doubt. And yet, what does Jesus do? Did you notice? Jesus, I picture anyway, works his way through the other disciples, comes over, smiles and looks at Thomas, and he says, here, Thomas, if this is what you need, here, here are my hands, here's my side. If this is what you need, I want to meet you where you are. He meets his doubts with respect. He honors him by the way he treats him. And then Thomas, in one of the most wonderful statements in the New Testament, simply says, as I believe, falls on his knees and he says, my Lord and my God. You have to give Thomas a lot of credit. 
Once he had the evidence he needed, he wholeheartedly states his belief in the risen Lord who had taken him seriously, treating him with respect. Then Jesus responds with a statement that includes you and me today. He says, Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that's us, dear friends. Once Thomas believed, and this is really important, he served the risen Lord faithfully and passionately, using the special gifts, the abilities that he had been given. And tradition says that Thomas felt called to go to India, further east. And there in India, he labored, and the time came that he offered his life as a sacrifice, as a martyr for the risen Lord. I praise God for the example of Thomas. On this volunteer Sunday, the example of Thomas and the last words of Jesus in today's reading are really powerful to me. When encountered by the risen Lord, Thomas moved from sincere doubting to self-surrendering service for the cause of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're going through a season of doubting, and you can't imagine being able to be used by God when you're thinking like that. But like Thomas, I invite you, if that's the case, to bring your doubts by name to Jesus. Frankly, he knows them already. And guess what? You know what? He can handle them. Take heart. Our doubts can be a prelude. Even though we feel like we're in a deep darkness, can be a prelude to a deeper, more authentic faith than you ever imagine. I really like the story of Gardner Taylor, a much-loved African-American pastor from New York City. When he was young, he talks about going to rural Louisiana where he had a chance to speak during the Depression as, as, as a young pastor. And it was right after uh, electricity came to that part of rural America. The little African-American church where he was had one light in the middle hanging down. Well, as he started preaching in a wonderful way, um, all of the electricity went out. And being a young pastor, he didn't know how to handle that. So he kind of stumbled and stammered, and finally an elderly deacon sitting way in the back of the church cried out, Preach on, preacher. We can still see Jesus in the dark. Oh, dear friends. In the midst of the darkness of our doubt, keep searching for Jesus. He wants to be seen by you. He wants you to come to him just like Thomas did. And by the way, Jesus can still see you even in the midst of your darkness, no matter how deep your, dark, your, your doubt may be. I'm also moved by Jesus' words to Thomas after his faith statement. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Could it be that people in our day and age who don't see Jesus in the same way that Thomas did, see him tangibly through you and me as we are a part of the body of Christ reaching out with his hands to them? People who need tangible evidence, just as Thomas did, 
see it when we empty ourselves in loving service, then we become Christ's hands to our world. If you're not already doing so, I challenge you today to go to the Volunteer Expo and prayerfully look at ways that you might volunteer for one year and might use your particular gifts, your abilities, your interests that God has given you in a tangible way to be part of the body of Christ reaching out to the world. Frankly, I wouldn't be standing here today talking about Thomas if it weren't for people who drove a bus, who helped me go to camp, who taught Sunday school and Bible school, who coached a softball team, who helped me through nine years of preparation for ministry. Pray for a focused place that you can commit to, and maybe just for a certain period of time to try it out and experience the joy of being invested in the body of Christ, not only here at ZPC, but in the community, in the nation, in the world. It's as if we're serving side by side with other parts of the body of Christ. And that's when we experience a deep sense of joy and a significance in fellowship and community. As was true for Thomas, particularly when we're in a season of questioning, we need to be present and not apart from the family of faith. San Antonio pastor and author Max Lucado has a handle on this when he writes, questions can make hermits out of us, driving us into hiding, yet the cave has no answers. Christ distributes courage through community. He dissipates doubts through fellowship. He never deposits all knowledge in one person, but distributes pieces of the puzzle to many. When you interlock your understanding with mine, and we share discoveries, when we mix, mingle, confess, and pray, Christ speaks. May God help each one of us find at least one place where we feel like we're a part of the body of Christ as we serve the risen Lord by serving others. Let's pray. God, thank you for the privilege of spending these moments together in your word. Thank you for the example of Thomas, and we admit that we see ourselves in him. And God, I pray now that as we go out into the Volunteer Expo and as we look around, give us the courage to step up, even though we may not have it all together, even though there may be things that we question. Help us like Thomas to step out in faith. I pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.